0: Greetings, you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 264. Today is July 28th, 2022, and in today's episode, a story from F-stoppers by Michelle Van Tyne on a study that ranks photographers number one, but not in a good way. Now, we've all heard of the stereotype of the starving artist. But a new study from the United Kingdom put concrete numbers on this portrayal, showing that graduates with a degree in photography truly do, on average, become starving artists. Adding insult to injury, the study reveals that photographers are not only on the list, but they are ranked the worst for postgraduates making low income. Ouch. Adzuna, a United Kingdom-based job search engine, analyzed more than 120,000 CVs to find which jobs were the lowest paying five years after receiving their college degrees. The research revealed that photography degrees offer the worst value for the money as graduates earn an average salary of $29,381 five years after graduation. On the American side of the research, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported in 2021 that the annual mean wage of photographers is $48,210. Now, the average university degree leaves graduates with about $53,345 in debt. And it seems that in the era of the, quote, YouTube Academy, traditional art degrees are hard to justify. Now, I'm one of the few that did complete a bachelor's degree in digital photography. Did my degree pay off? Absolutely. I had requirements not only in digital photography, but also in design, composition, and art history that have impacted my work significantly. Would I say that you need a college degree to be a successful photographer? Absolutely not. Very few of the greatest works in photographic history came from people who had degrees in the field. Thankfully, I fall significantly outside the mean for the study's salaries. Now, the question that naturally comes as one hears this statistic is why? Why do we as photographers have the lowest return on investment in our education? Do we underprice our work? Is it related to the trendy topic of imposter syndrome? Perhaps it's linked to lowering our prices for fear of not closing the deal. The flip side of the YouTube Academy is that now everyone is a photographer. We've all received those responses, quote, well, my cousin is a photographer and he can do it for X. Is it that the increase in the quality of cell phone images has decreased the need for professionals or at least semi-professional work? Now, I'm thankful that I fall on the outside of the statistic and that my clients see the difference in my work enough to pay more. In cases where clients want the work for less, I find that educating them on the process of creating the images helps them understand the price tag. I've charged several hundred dollars for one shot on numerous occasions. Some charge thousands. Now I found that education pushes prices from what inquirers think it should cost to what an actual fair price for the time and expertise that go into creating great images. Now I'm going to take a break right here. And then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191, and you can email the show at liam at com. You can find the show notes and links at com, and you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using hashtag hashtag. hashtag Liam photo podcast. And now back to the show and we're back. Okay. So let me add my own experience as a photographer into this a little bit more. Now I got into real estate photography while I was still in school. So I was already making decent money as a photographer, but I also work in information technology. I've been doing both jobs for over 30 years. Now, while I lived in Atlanta, I made great money as a photographer, generally up to or a bit past $100,000 per year, which is nothing to sneeze at. But since we moved to North Carolina, that work has dried up for the most part. Now, originally, when we were going to move, we were going to move to the Raleigh area. But after talking it over, and since both my wife Tina and I are originally from the country in Pennsylvania and New York, we decided to get away from city life altogether we bought our home out in the country north of Roxboro, North Carolina, which is nice. It's peaceful and quiet. But I am so far removed from the major cities in North Carolina that I rarely get work unless the company I contract with gets slammed for orders or another photographer is out sick or on vacation. But I have been lucky enough that I still get sales from places like Getty Images and other sites where I post my images into a marketplace. And at the end of 2021, I was lucky enough to get the attention of an international studio that I've been doing shoots for, which pays very well. Additionally, a second team at the same studio had need for a photographer slash videographer, and I was referred to them by the first team that I was already shooting for. So I picked up extra work shooting for both teams. It does mean traveling, but I've always loved traveling, and I just add my expenses into the total invoice And with my IT job being 100% remote, I can work from anywhere as long as I have my MacBook Pro and decent internet connection. Now, the idea behind today's episode is not to scare you away from photography, but to let you know you might need to do it part time until you build up your business and your client list. There are lots of very successful photographers out there. Look at Chase Jarvis, he makes tons of money. And he never even went to school for photography. He's completely self-taught. Now, if you specialize, if you have a specialized niche uh, or can create one that clients will pay you for, you can be very successful as a photographer. There are also specific genres of photography that generally always make for a good living if you're in the right market, such as wedding photographers and even portrait photographers. There are even photographers out there making money by photographing action figures and putting them into poses that look like scenes from an actual movie with great elaborate backgrounds. But again, this takes quite a bit of work. If you are the creative type that can build your own mini sets and make your own cool backgrounds, then you might do well in this unique genre as well. And again, there are plenty of photographers that are making good living shooting real estate As it's something that's always in demand, some of the most successful photographers in this genre offer not only stills but also video tours and 3D tours for sites such as Zillow. And you can get a decent video-centric camera to shoot the video with, whether it's a high-end GoPro or something like the Sony A7S III. And 360 cameras for the Zillow tours are not too expensive either. And you can even use your smartphone for the Zillow tours, uh, tours although it's a bit more time-consuming. You can use the Ricoh Theta 5, which is uh, the camera I have, and it runs around $300. Or you can opt for the more expensive Ricoh Theta Z1, which runs $1,000. Now, I just recently bought the GoPro Max 360 camera for my projects that I've been shooting for that studio I mentioned before. But I have not tried using it for home tours, so I have no idea how well it would work for that. But it is better than the Ricoh for outdoor 360 video as you have more camera control over your exposure with the Max camera. So what are your thoughts? Why do photographers fall into this painful bottom slot in this study? Is there a way to change that? Feel free to leave a comment in the Facebook group the 50r you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group you can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at liamphotoatl if you like abandoned buildings and history you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com georgia.com and forgotten pieces All right. That's going to wrap up episode 264 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. I also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media and elsewhere and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And as I said before, don't be totally disheartened by today's episode. There are ways you can work around these bad statistics. You just have to get a little bit creative and be willing to put in the time. As with any good thing in life, you've got to put in the time to get to where you want to be. And if you have any questions related to this topic, Feel free to shoot me an email at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com or you can comment in the Facebook group or ask your question there. And if you'd like, I could even have one of my previous guests back on the show to talk about this topic some more and ways to get around this bad statistic. Statistic. I have great photographers that I've had on the show before that have been highly successful. Uh, Jeff has been very successful doing portrait photography. He and his wife, and you have Levi Sim, he's extremely successful, as is Serge Ramelli. So there are people out there that are making a good living and well beyond the numbers in this particular study. So don't be totally crushed by this episode. Don't let it steer you away from doing photography, especially if it's something you're passionate about. All right, I will see you all again on Sunday.